Wrestling Inc., a CG podcast, episode 142. Today I'm joined by Phil Brown to my left. That's me. And Wayne to my right. It's really cold today. Sadly, mm. Melanie could not be here because she has to be out of the office, but you have me instead. Isn't that exciting? Mm-hmm. So let's get right down to news, because I believe these two both have interesting news stories to tell you all. We do indeed. Let's get to it. Is it actually interesting? Uh, you know. Eh. All right. Okay. Um, Phil, do you know who Peter Molyneux is? No. The guy that made Fable popular. Then now I do, yeah. Okay. So do you know what his reputation in the industry is? I'm assuming adventure games. No. His reputation in the industry is to overpromise and then underdeliver. Okay. So has he done this once more? So he's doing it again, yeah. yeah. Um, like, I, I, I don't know whether you're aware, but at one point back in 2012, he came out with um, a little mobile game called Curiosity. Oh, yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, and it was like, you know, basically just a bunch of things that you had to just tap on and, you know, layers would disappear. And right. There was a single prize that was you know, in this game, quote unquote. Yeah. And only one person could uncover it and get to the heart of this thing. And whoever it was, they would get a prize that would change their life forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so one guy won. Mm-hmm. And. Peter Molyneux was like, hey, congratulations, here's your prize that's going to change your life forever. We've got this Kickstarter game called Goddess that we're working on, and you are going to be the god of gods in that game. Okay. Um, so that was all happening around 2012, 2013. Yeah. Now we're in 2015, and um, number one, they haven't gotten in touch with the winner in months. Uh, number two... Peter Molyneux doesn't actually understand how Kickstarter works because he's mm. like, I know that we have these milestones where we said that if we hit this amount of money, these features would go in, mm. but that's actually not going to happen. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't aware that, you know, when you made promises on Kickstarter, you were supposed to follow through on them. Yeah. I thought that you could just say stuff and it would just be stuff that was said. So Yeah, no, that's basi- not how it's supposed so, to work. So, yeah, basically there's this big apologetic, um, you know, video to update, you know, all the Kickstarter people on what's been going on, saying, so that stuff that we were talking about may or may not happen, so sorry about that. And um, the people who don't know Peter Molyneux very well are feeling a sense of betrayal. Mm-hmm. And everybody who knows Peter Molyneux's mm-hmm. reputation within yeah. the industry over yeah, the last like, few years course. is like, it's Peter Molyneux, what were you expecting? Yeah. This is the same guy who, when he made Fable, was saying, you would be able to, like, plant trees and have them grow. You would right. be able to have kids who, like, you know, mimicked your haircut and, you know, it's like all kinds of other things, none of which ever actually made it into Fable. Mm. So he's, he's got a long-standing reputation for disappointing people by ah. making promises Bummer. that don't come true. And now he's doing it again with Goddess and basically, you know, pulling the wool over the eyes of, like, a whole new generation of people who weren't aware of his reputation <laughs> but are now. Well, at least it's a fresh crop. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we've got that going on. Um... Uh, this is kind of interesting on the PlayStation front. This doesn't necessarily apply to you or me or you know, pretty much anybody yeah. else in the office, but um, it does apply, I guess, to um, people in their teens. Okay. Basically what happened is Sony has now made it so that sub-accounts can actually be upgraded over to master accounts. Oh. So what this means is, you know, if you were a parent and you had a kid who was like, you know, 13 or 14 years old when mm. the PS3 came out and you created a sub-account for that guy or girl mm. and then seven or eight years pass and you would go into a new console generation with the PS4 
all of their you know trophies and other stuff were locked onto that sub account, even if the person was like 18 or 19 years old now. Right. And there was nothing that they could do about it. But now you can't upgrade those into fully fledged master accounts, which is not one of those things that I actually thought about because I didn't have kids. But mm. once I actually saw this, it was like, yeah, I mean, you know, what what do you do if you know you grow up as a kid with this account that your parent created for you? Yeah. At some point, you would like that account to be your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sony has actually provided an answer for this now, which is like that's that's actually nice. Yeah, that is like, good. Like I said, it's it's not something that ever occurred to me, but as more time passes, that's the thing. It, it only would have been come clear it was an issue once the second console came along, yeah. where that account would have to be transferred yeah, over. Yeah, where it's like, you know, yeah, yeah if, if this kid who is no longer a kid is going out and yeah. buying their own PS4, and then they realize my account is locked in my parents' account, yeah, so, yeah. and it's something that, you know, that does need to be addressed going forward for just about everything. You know, it's like mm -hmm. accounts for kids <coughs> eventually have to sort of morph somehow into adult accounts. Yeah once those kids grow up. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's nice to see that some people are actually taking this into account even if, you know, I'm not because... Yeah. You know, I, yeah, it never know. crossed my yeah, mind, but as soon as you said it, of course. It, yeah. yeah, I would be so pissed off. Yeah, because, yeah. like, you know, yeah, if you were a kid and then you suddenly found out that, you know, your account was forever locked to the one that your mom or your dad made for you, mm -hmm. you'd be so pissed. Yeah, totally. Because so. the my parents don't understand me, man. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So this is, this is the perfect way to sort of, like, you know, just another coming of age where it's like, congratulations, mm -hmm. you're, you're something... You now have a master account. A master account. You should do that. You young. should you should get your master account upgrade at your bar mitzvah. They should find a way or to tie those like together. That. Yeah. Or now you're a man. Here's your master account. Like yeah. <laughs> so instead of going to your prom, you just take your fully fledged master account and you know it's like you use it to play more Call of Duty. Yeah. Or something. I'm sure there yeah. sadly will be a significant portion of the population for whom that will be a great yeah, advantage. Yeah. Especially with VR, like you know, you know imminent. Oh. Uh, I'll attend the prom virtually. Exactly. Like, why should I go to a real one? Exactly. Your friend will have a webcam on his shoulder, and you'll kind of be there. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, and in other news, um, this is actually really impressive to me. So Resident Evil Remastered came out last yep. month. Okay. So even though it came out on the 20th of January, mm -hmm. um, at least on the PlayStation platform, it was the best-selling digital title for both the PS3 really? and the PS4. Wild. Despite the fact that it came out on the 20th. So it yeah, only yeah. had like 10 days. But it still and outsold everything else. And in those 10 it still came in at number one. That's pretty wild. I suppose it makes sense. Not much really came out that would qualify as competition, right? Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, you know, the, the thing that's most important to me about this is that Capcom should really be paying attention. Yeah. And they should be realizing that people actually liked old horror-oriented Resident Evil as yeah, opposed to yeah, yeah. action-oriented yeah, Resident totally. Evil with you know, RE5 and 6. So I, I hope that they're looking at the numbers that are coming in for yeah. their original Resident Evil design concept and they start making more games like I don't know how to believe they won't be. And it seems yeah. as though like with Outlast and uh, the Alien Isolation and the upcoming Silent Hills, that, that seems to be the move of the genre. Yeah, there seems like to be a growing audience and appreciation for it, which yeah. I couldn't be more fucking excited about yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, except for EA, who clearly doesn't get it because like, you know, Dead Space 3 just totally moved away from horror and became a more action-y Call of Duty yeah. style game. They also lost a significant portion of their audience for that reason yeah. so one would hope they notice yeah it would be interesting to see whether they learn their lesson and actually go back and make it more of a horror game again you've you played dead space right yeah of course oh, i love okay. i so. love well i love the first two the third yeah, yeah as you say the third one very disappointing are they working on four i wasn't even aware because i knew ea's like all, yeah because yeah. ea's not doing well so i'm assuming yeah. they're not you know well they are and they are and yeah I mean, it's like they're, they're still making money off of the sports yeah, 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 yeah and the sims and all that yeah. stuff but uh 
and um, you know, there's Star Wars Battlefront that they're working on, which oh right, of course, for yeah, it's Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, and the and footage been has been, yeah. and the footage they've shown is looks amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. been so long since that game has come out mm-hmm. that you know, it's like everybody is ready to just buy that on day one. Yeah, totally. Including, unfortunately, me. I mean, no, I'll, no, I'll I totally understand. Like yeah, it's, just, it's Star Wars. And yeah, it's I like got, a, I'll have to play it. Snow so. speeders. You know, yeah, like it's all the old lost, stuff. So. And that's when the new movie's coming yeah. out. So I'm gonna, so everyone's gonna have Star Wars frenzy. It's gonna be pretty well impossible yeah. not to get that. Yeah. Okay, so... so any, but anyway, yeah, return to old school horror. I'm completely with you it on would, this it would be Let's nice hope it happens. That happens yeah. It seems to already be happening, so I'll keep my fingers crossed on those old franchises returning to the fold. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I, I, like I, I've seen a few people saying what Capcom should do now is seriously reconsidering doing an HD remaster of Resident Evil 2 and 3, mm-hmm. and part of me is excited about that, and part mm-hmm. of me would be like, well, maybe that's taking things too far. But yeah, a new like, game would know, be better. Yeah. For sure. And plus, that would be more of a top-to-bottom thing because they didn't have a re-remaster. Uh, GameCube remaster yeah, exactly. of the two and so three. They, so yeah, they would have to do that from the ground up. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. Pretty tough. if you're going to start doing that, you may as well just make a new Resident Evil, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. So, we'll see. Yep. Okay, so that's it as far as game-related news right. goes. Um, I got some stuff then. Uh, yeah, of course, there's the big comic book slash movie news of the week. Yes, but first I actually have a uh, a, a slightly gaming-related news story that oh, okay. we that came. It was last week technically, but it was uh, I can't after our uh, podcast, which is of course the uh, Netflix Zelda series. All of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How you feel about that? Not good. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> it doesn't I don't really have a good feeling. No, about definitely this. not. It like the Zelda people have teased that for so long. Mm-hmm. I think it's become like a fantasy in some people's minds. But like, and don't get me wrong, I, I do love Zelda games for sure. I, it feel that's it feels too old fashioned and innocent in a way to ever work in a live action setting to yeah, me. That bad, and I mean, it's like as soon as you tell me like you know Zelda on TV, the first thing that pops into my mind is excuse me, princess. Yeah. Which yeah. Like, that was not good. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Um, I mean, obviously it's going to be made. There's just simply too much money to be made off of such a thing existing for it not to happen. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, I, whether or not it like actually succeeds or just tanks because it's just so embarrassingly bad and they just don't get it. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it comes out and it's like Call of Duty, yeah. and you know, the Zelda fans will be mad yeah. since Zelda is the furthest thing from Call of Duty. Yeah, or like, like if their market research tells them, well, Call of Duty is what sells, and yeah. they slavishly follow that. Well, I think that, um, no, I'm sure they would try to follow the Zelda mythology just because it's such a specific thing. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't think it would work with actors. It's kind of too cartoony and silly. Well, yeah. It really is. And it's like an w- amazing game. Like, I can't wait for the next one and so mm-hmm. forth, but I just don't... Yeah, it just doesn't seem credible. Yeah. To have. And Link talking is still just weird. That's going to be weird yeah. in and of itself. Yeah, no, it has Mario Ga- Brothers movie written all over it, and we all know how that one worked yeah. up. All right, next up, I guess we will do that big news story that you alluded to, okay. um, which is, of course, as we've been talking about for ages now, uh, Spider-Man has, in fact, finally been brought back into the fold of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I couldn't be happier about. But they're basically leasing him, from what I understand, right? Now, the way it'll work is that um, they've, yeah, no, they've they've struck a deal. Um, Kevin Feige is going to be uh, producing, like, Sony's still going to own Spider-Man, but Kevin Feige and the Marvel uh, is going to be involved with uh, producing and supervising uh, the next Spider-Man reboot. Um, which, God willing, won't start with an origin story. And 
uh, yeah, he'll be in charge of that, and then the character will in turn obviously be allowed to show up in other Marvel Universe properties, and then Sony uh, will still retain the rights to do their Sinister Six uh, sp- and Venom spinoff movies that they're so gaga about, which make. will not have any uh, involvement from Feige. I think they'll probably make the Sinister Six one. There's just so much ground on that. Uh, Venom, who knows? We'll see. Plus, if there's actually a good Spider-Man movie, that will renew interest in that franchise dramatically. Um, But anyway, um, aside from, obviously, those little weird concerns, uh, I couldn't be happier about this is the way it really should be. Those last two Spider-Man movies were abysmal. Um, Unfortunately, uh, Andrew Garfield, by virtue of the fact that they want to try and do a much younger, actually teenage Peter Parker this time, which I'm not against... um, uh, Andrew Garfield is out, which is a shame because I always thought he was an excellent Peter Parker and didn't deserve those chat movies that he was stuck with. He brought something different to the role. He was good. So. He sort of ca- he kind of captured the like sort of '90s era Peter Parker and Spider-Man that people mm-hmm. were uh, the people who didn't like Tobey Maguire claimed uh, complained about. And I would have been I would have loved to have seen him in a Spider-Man movie that was competently constructed, but alas, that will not be happening. We're gonna have Teen Spidey, which. I'm not against simply because there's, you know, although Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire played characters who were in high school, uh, they were not teenagers. Not even a little um, bit, no. Yeah, not even a little bit. A lot of suspension and disbelief there. It would be nice to actually have a Spider-Man that looked and felt like a teenager because that's such a crucial uh, part of the initial character. And beyond that, um, you know, he's now coming into a much larger universe of which there are many franchises already going, and none of them are teenagers. So that would actually True. allow yeah. it, that would give it something that would make it different from the other ones while still falling in the form. Regardless, I couldn't be more excited about this. Um, it was very clear that it was happening from all the hubbub and rigmarole that had been going around over the last like couple months since the Sony leak. But uh, it's nice to have it confirmed, A, and B. Um, it also pretty well guarantees that uh, Spider-Man will indeed uh, make his debut in the Marvel Civil War yeah, movie as initially planned. It's it's nice to see that you know Disney wasn't like you have to go and kill Spider Man in the same way that we're ordering you to kill off the X Men in the mm-hmm. Fantastic Four. Yeah, so. that's not a Disney decision. Though. That's a Marvel decision. Okay, but Disney owns Marvel. Disney owns Marvel Studios. Don't they own no? They, don't they own the entire entirety of Marvel? They own merchandising rights and Marvel Studios. Marvel Comics is still an independently operating entity. Is it really? I am looking this up. They're obviously connected, for sure. But, uh, yeah, there's not money to be made in the comic book game. Disney doesn't give a shit about that. They want toys and lunchboxes and movies. Um, And other merchandise. But, um, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm intrigued. This is great. I can't wait to see Spider-Man pop up in Civil War. That's so great. I imagine that will probably be, like, a post-credit thing. They'll... The whole movie will go down without him, and then at the very end, you'll be like, oh, hey, Spider-Man. And well, they then have moved the universe around a bit to fit a Spider-Man movie in, right? Well, I mean, yes and no. Yes, in that, yeah, I'm. they are undoubtedly are changing their plans at the moment than what they had previously announced, but no, in that they'd also very clearly been thinking about this and negotiating it for nope. years. Disney Publishing Worldwide owns They do own Marvel. Marvel Press. Okay, well, that makes more sense then. So that is Disney um, doing that yep. mandate, which makes perfect sense. There's just too much money to be made off Spider-Man for them to get rid of that. I gotta imagine the amount of money made off of Fantastic Four comics yeah, and merchandising is minor. The X-Men thing's fucking weird. Yeah. X-Men is significant. Yeah, though, that's so. weird, but they're not gonna get rid of X-Men no. like Fantastic Four. They'll just kill off Wolverine so that it's an event when he comes back and they can sell more variant cover- covers. True. 
These things, these, this is how these things work. I would like to see Joss Whedon take on Spider-Man. I would too. Yeah. Joss Whedon doing uh, Spider-Man would be great. I would be fantastic. Because then he'd have all the snappy one-liners that mm-hmm. Spider-Man deserves. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I just imagine Whedon's going to take a break from comic yeah. books for I hope so. a He's few earned. years. Yeah. yeah. He's but I agree that uh, someone, but they, they're going to have to get someone major to do that mm-hmm. after the fucking Mark Webb disaster. I'm sure no, no one involved with that new Spider-Man movie will not want to make it the best possible Spider-Man movie they can be. So I can't wait. Um, but anyway, uh, additional stories. Um, okay. Uh, Nicholas Cage has signed on to star in a movie about the USS Indianapolis, in Indianapolis, which we all remember from the big speech in Jaws, is the ship that went down in the ocean um, that was a super secret mission to which they got no rescue mission, so they were all picked off one by one by sharks. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one. Um, Spielberg had been talking about making that as a Jaws sequel since the 70s. No one has. He's not involved with this one. This one stars Nicolas Cage, which should give you an indication of the artistic integrity of the project. Oh, but indeed, yeah. The idea of Nick Cage bobbing in the ocean, punching sharks in the face, is one I am A-OK with. So he probably will be punching I, It's pretty well guaranteed. It's absolutely guaranteed. So... I yeah, that's another one. Between this and that one that we talked about a few weeks ago, where it's based that the yeah. Nick Cage movie was based on the real guy who went after Osama bin Laden oh, with the right, yeah. yeah, I couldn't be happier with Nick Cage's current slate of productions. That's fair. Um, yeah. He's he's back on board. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, another one. Uh, apparently, rumors are floating around that Angelina Jolie is being courted to direct the Captain Marvel movie, which is news. That, that seems bad. Yeah, which is news that I wish I could tell the fuck off. I get that they want to get a high-profile female director to helm Captain Marvel, since that will be uh, the Marvel Universe's uh, primary uh, female franchise. Better female, but right. yes, yeah, Angelina Jolie, I'd imagine, is only being discussed at the moment because she just had a big hit over Christmas. Was it big? It was big enough. Uh, big enough to qualify as a success, so I imagine she's just in the running by virtue of that. I can't imagine they're seriously considering her. Nobody's going to be offering it to Sofia Coppola, who at least would have an interesting take. Uh, yeah, if she did it, I would be interested. I agree, she would have so an interesting weird. take, but that's. I also think that's not a good idea. <laughs> would be, there'd be a lot of whining involved, and Captain Marvel should be a little bit strong, have a little bit more backbone than that. But um, I just hope it doesn't go to her. God, she would fuck it up. Even though the way the Marvel machine works now, I don't think it's as it pressing. Really I don't think it's as pressing. I think it matters, but it's not as pressing as it was at the start. You could get Jenneman and make it work. Yeah, totally. So Tina Fey? Anyway. Sure, why not? Yeah, I'd let just, her write just it why just not? to see what happens. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's a deal. Um, all right, here's another one. Uh, Neil Blomkamp, uh, director of District 9, um, has a new movie coming out called Chappie, so he's been yep. doing press and so forth. And he, I don't know if you guys noticed or if we talked about this because I can't remember. If the this alien was, stuff. Yes. Yeah. He released all the alien artwork. Um, he has now started speaking about that a little bit because he's starting to do press for Chappie. And he said he's actually had been working for years on an alien passion project mm. that he wanted to do. Doesn't want to get into details, but based on the photos, it looks like it's basically that movie that we didn't get that should have followed Alien Resurrection where you yeah. go back to Earth that's been infested by aliens and it's like a post-apocalyptic society where that aliens all over the place. So he's designed that. Sounds great. He said he'd been working on it for years, but then that Chappie movie took off, took off, he tried to put it aside, and basically the impression I've gotten is that he leaked it on the internet to be like, look at all this excitement, let's have a conversation, right. and it looks as though that conversation is being had. So Fox is actually so, going to do it? Uh, it? Nothing's official yet, but it, it, it seems like it's moving that way. Oh. I think that caused enough buzz, and that'd be so exciting, because I 
love him. He's Actually, such a great filmmaker, and the, he's the right guy to take over that franchise. Yeah, but the latest thing that I've read on that is that um, he is reluctant to, uh, you know, to like actually agree to it with Fox. Yeah, it's like there there were already talks where it's like you know Fox is like yeah let's go and do this, and mm-hmm. he's like now that we're here and the moment has arrived, I'm not sure that you guys aren't just going to slaughter my baby. So maybe it's better. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the latest thing I read, which was yesterday, mm-hmm. he was saying it's looking promising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. This all sounds like public contract negotiation yeah. to me. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. made it very clear how this thing works when he did it um, yeah. before. And yeah, that's what I feel it is. I think it was. I think there probably was a situation where they were pushing against him. Mm. So he put all his art out and was like, oh, hey, look, millions of people like this <laughs> idea. And now... Uh, they're talking about it seriously, so now he's so now he's going public, being like, mm, may or may not do it uh, to get economic yeah, leverage. Yeah, exactly. That's what it seems like is happening to me. Mm-hmm. And there's another thing I don't know. If you have it on your list. The um, well, two game movie things. Oh, okay, what are they? Uh, Assassin's Creed is is actually in full production as of today. Oh, really? That is being a thing with Fastbender. Fastbender, yeah. Interesting. We'll see. He's producing and starring in it. Yeah, I yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I believe. And the other thing is, the Hitman movie has a trailer out along with some viral stuff they've oh. done for it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It, it, it's Hitman. It's got to be better than the last one. The last one was pretty bad. Yeah, right? this one doesn't look like he has any kind of morale. Moral Who's code. playing Hitman? Is it Oliphant uh, again? No, it's not. No, um, I forget. But in this one, he's just killing innocents because well, the old one he was like, you know, I have to care for this girl I just yeah, discovered. Yeah, yeah. This one, it's like, no, he's cold-blooded, doesn't care. Yep. That's he, sh- he drives a helicopter into a building and slices people up at one point. That sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it sounds kind of like a cold-blooded Fast and the Furious sort of movie. So, yeah, it could be good. I could go for that. I could go for that. But they, did you see the viral thing they did? No. Uh, they had a bunch of YouTube celebrities discuss the trailer, mm-hmm. and then a hitman came in and shot all of them. It was pretty good. So it had like a few different clips. You had one person like, "Did you see this new Hitman trailer?" And then you just see the hit, the Hitman's mm-hmm. just arms come back, shoot her in the head, mm-hmm. and they just did this to like five or six YouTube celebrities. That's pretty clever. Yeah, I'll check that I out. I thought it was fake, and then like, no, it's on the Fox one. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll Fox check that. I'll yeah. check that out. That's kind of clever. It's dark. Um, I it's just dark. I just I don't trust Hitman. But no one we'll does. see. No. We'll see what happens. Um, all right, and then the last thing I had um, is that uh, it's been announced that Halloween, the Halloween franchise is going to be rebooted again from uh, Patrick Mal- Mal- uh, Melton and Marcus Duncan. Now, all the stories describe them as being the writers of Saw 4 to 6, which is accurate and a bad sign. However, they also were responsible for The Collector and The Collection. Movies, I like those. Which were excellent. And I- more importantly, were excellent slasher movies. Yeah. which were really gory and on edge, which is exactly what a new the Halloween movie should be. The first one was better be. than the second one. Really? I'm the other way. I really? thought the second one was better than the first. Really? Yeah, it was like the Alien. It was like Aliens. SWAT team went into the collector's uh, yeah. house. Yeah, so I'm on board with that. But then again, uh, I, I just liked the simple nature of the first one. We I, I like the first one, too, but the second one had that scene where he mowed down an entire dance club. Oh, it was so messed up. Oh, with the, the weird uh, razor wire? Yeah. For no reason. It was great. It didn't have a reason why he did that. No, it was not necessary to have a reason. Um, but anyway, uh, so I'm cautiously optimistic about that. I am like, I mean, God, like how many movies do we need with Michael Myers? Um, but I don't, I don't think we need any more, honestly. No, I would be, it's ridiculous to say, but I would be so much more excited if they said they were doing a re- remake of Halloween 3. Yeah, I would I'd be that. totally on board with. <laughs> I love that. Um, but uh, anyway... 
Yeah, that's happening. Cool. And uh, the internet's pissed off because everyone keeps leading with the saw thing. But those people yeah. need to see the collector, and then they'll understand. I agree. That that's There's actually some good Collect- stuff going on there. Is the, is the collection or the collector? The collector is the first one. The collection's the sequel. Okay. Yep. They're not making another one of those, I'm guessing. The second one did badly, No, it right? didn't do very well. Yeah, the second one didn't even get released theatrically in Canada. So bad. Yeah. It was actually good. It was. I'm sure they did fine on, like, DVD or VOD I mean, it, or whatever profits can be made out of that though. market. Well, yeah, they're nasty. That's what they're I like about really them. They're nasty. Yeah. They're, they're almost as bad as the Hostel movies. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. They're both I've, nasty. I've never thought the Hostel movies were that horrible. Really? I don't get why. Uh, I mean, like, in terms of on graphic on-screen content, the Saw movies show more. They're just more playful. Yeah. Hostel movies just make it hurt. It's yeah. more punishing them for being effective yeah, than enough. being tasteless. Okay. The but collect, still, you the saw collector a, and the collection, saw they're just, yeah. they are just dark. But Hostel 2 did get, like, a close-up of castration in mainstream standards, yeah. so I guess that is, a, that is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Anyway, that's that. So I'm out. Yay. All right, should I do this week's movies? Yep. I got two, actually, ones that I loved this week, so this is exciting. Um, uh, first up is Kingsman, uh, The Secret Service. Yeah. Yep, this is uh, the latest movie by basically reuniting the entire, at least behind the camera anyways, uh, reuniting the entire kick-ass team. It's, been, uh, dr- it's directed by Matthew Vaughn, who he wrote with his uh, writing partner, Jane Goodall, I believe her this name is. This is the one that's kind of like the Avengers... No. No, no, the original British Avengers. A little bit, yeah, yeah. a little bit. Like Secret Society. It's a James Bond thing. Yeah. Yeah, Goldman, that's it. Jane Goldman, and then it's also bo- based on a Mark Millar comic book, again, just like uh, oh, okay. Kick-Ass was. Um, yeah, so it's basically, um, and what I thought was fun about it is, like, uh, you know, after, you know, Skyfall sort of very yeah. publicly came out as a 75th anniversary Bond movie, this movie almost feels like an even more loving homage, okay. but to the, like, goofier, campier, like, Roger Moore era. Oh, Ridiculous James Bond. Yeah. Disco Bond. Exactly. Right. So this is, like, so this is, yeah, the Kingsmen are a uh, secret service. They're each named, they each codenamed after the Knights of the Round Table. Of course they are. Um, they, you know, have dapper suits and go on adventures. And does this uh, take place in any specific time period, or is it contemporary, just modern day, contemporary, with the concept that these spies have been around like since the Cold War? Okay. Um, uh, Michael Caine runs the team. Colin Firth is the head agent. In the very, very beginning, uh, an agent who, in a hilarious scene, that from both reading the book and just knowing that Matthew Vaughn gave Daniel Craig his career, there's a scene off the bat where you see a spy show up, and you're supposed to think he's the hero, and then he gets killed. Um, and I just assumed they did that to try and get Daniel Craig, but couldn't. So just some guy dies. And then there's an opening in the Kingsman. So Colin Firth, they're looking for new recruits. Colin Firth finds a Cockney-talking lads lad who doesn't look like he belongs in the club, but he does. And so they brought him on board. And at the same time, there's, of course, a supervillain. He's played by Samuel Jackson with a lisp. He's got a very, he's got a very, very twisted plot that I don't want to spoil because actually is rather clever. That he's slowly recruiting, uh, he's, but he essentially the mystery sort of he's slowly recruit, recruiting uh, major political figures, celebrities, and scientists. Specifically in the opening, a British scientist played by Mark Hamill, which is delightful. Okay. Now that sounds good. Um, oh, it was great. Well, and what's funny about it is in the comic, Mark Hamill actually played himself in the opening scene, where Mark Hamill not Mark Hamill didn't play himself. Mark Hamill was written into the comic. Okay, yeah. And uh, in the opening scene of this, to condense plot, he's playing a scientist who came later, 
but you don't know that at first. You think it's Mark Hamill. It's a good little joke for people to read the book. Anywho, so, uh, yeah, we have a young kid training to be a super spy Kingsman. We have a dastardly plot. Everything comes together eventually in a hideout with uniform sidekicks, the whole nine yards. Um, it's... It's very just like Kick Ass. You get the like exact structure you would expect from this type of movie, but at the same time, it is both a like very vulgar, nasty mm. piss take of the genre as much as it is a very loving homage. Um, once again, I mean, it's rated 14A in Canada. Uh, that's someone must have had a handshake or something to get some extra money out of people to do mm-hmm. that because it should not be. This is definitely like Kick Ass, really out there. Okay. Anything even more violent than Kick Ass. And, and, and crazy and campy and silly. Um, so, yeah, no, there's like, like there's a sequence where uh, Colin Firth, of all people, uh, kills about 50 people in a church and really brutally. Um, it's amazing. Most of it's done to look like a single take. And that's just an astounding. Matthew Vaughn's gotten very, very good at doing these sort of larger than life cartoony ultra-violent set pieces, the kind of thing that I kind of like always hoped Sam Raimi would mm-hmm. do once he got the blockbuster power, but he's just too nice to do that. Right. Matthew Vaughn's got a little more dirt under his fingernails and doesn't care, so he does it. Um, and then there's a finale involving exploding, exploding heads that's like that's applause-worthy. I'm like contemplating going to see it in a, in, in a like Friday night screening just to see how people react. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, it's darkly funny, very exciting, um, and very well done. It's also, you know, like Kick-Ass, um, a little inconsistent. Sometimes it's a little too vulgar for its own good. Sometimes there's so many different characters and ideas and tones and plot threads going on that it gets a little muddled, particularly towards the, be- towards the end. But overall, it's such a, like, just vivid rush homage to old-fashioned James Bond movies while also being the kind of R-rated, campy blockbuster that we all wish there were more of at the same mm. time that um, I had just an absolute fucking blast with it. And uh, I can't recommend it enough, especially if you enjoyed the tone of Kick-Ass. You're very much getting that again. Or, of course, if you're a fan of super spy movies, it's a nice sort of refreshing break from the gritty James uh, Jason Bourneification of the print of the franchise without it um you know coming off as soft and old fashioned it can sort of its own sardonic way of updating those things cool and yeah uh fucking loved it definitely definitely go it's a great great time and worth going out to a theater for even so in the punishing cold that's the first one for 2015 for you then I guess that I really really dug yeah um yeah I guess feel like there was something else but off the top of my head yeah it truly feels like it mm. um and then the second movie that came out this week that's absolutely fantastic that i first caught back at the toronto film festival is what we do in the shadows um it's a essentially a christopher guest mock style mockumentary but with vampires okay it's a new zealand movie it was made by uh uh, Jermaine Clement, who you'll know as the tall uh, and uh, bass-voiced and stranger member of the Flight of the Concords, and uh, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. writes, directs, co-writes, co-directs, and co-stars with uh, Teika Waititi, who they've who's done work with before. Um, and basically, yeah, it's a little Christopher Death-style mockumentary about a bunch of vampires living in a small town in New Zealand. Uh, they each come from different eras. One is a sort of dandy from the Renaissance uh, who's very dandyish and has a hard time fitting in. Uh, Jermaine Clement plays a sort of a former uh, like Bella Lugosi-style uh, sex god vampire 
who had an ex-girlfriend who really fucked him up and now he can't quite hypnotize people or transform in the same way anymore and he's going through a really hard time with all that and then the, there's a young vampire who's only 189 and so he's like the sassy one with attitude but again pathetic and then in the basement they have an 8,000 year old Nosferatu type style vampire who they keep as kind of a pet and who's sort of transformed all of them um, and then you just see them and it's just a really really funny combination of like mundane character comedy and ridiculous vampire stuff like for example one of the first sequences is them having a apartment a flatmate apartment meeting to argue about uh, what the, the younger guy never doing the dishes in years and how embarrassing that is and then they sort of fight uncomfortably about that and then at a certain point they, they start flying around their house and attacking each other <laughs> through their fight over the dishes and that's sort of the style of the town they've there's also um, a guy who gets accidentally turned who they have to make friends with as a vampire even though he's a douche so they have a hard time with that and then his friend Stu is a computer expert who they are huge fans of because he shows them the internet and suddenly they get to watch like a sunset on YouTube which blows their minds um, things like that um, one of them has a sort of a middle-aged woman who he, he makes do all this stuff for her with the promise of being a vampire. It's very uncomfortable. And then there's also a gang of werewolves um, led by Reese Darby, who was also in Flight of the Concords. He was the agent, if you remember that. Um, and they feud with each other, but he's a very hilariously passive-aggressive werewolf. There's a fantastic scene where him and all the werewolves are hiding in the woods, and they're trying to chain themselves to trees so they don't cause trouble when they transform. And he gets angry with the other group because uh, he told everyone to wear sweatpants, and they wore jeans. He said, ah, you're going to get too big for that. You're going to tear your jeans right open. Those pants are done. I told you not to do that. So it's that sort of thing. It's very clever. The other thing that's uh, that's great about it is because it was done in New Zealand, which is now a special effects mecca, thanks to Peter Jackson and his team, uh, they were able to get really cheap effects for a low-budget movie. They had, like, a rotating set, so they do lots of cool rotating oh, set fights. They did, um, yeah, some really cool CG, like, fake single-take things, and, and also tons of uh, spewing vomitous blood. Um, so even though, like even though it, they very easily could have cut all the gore out of this and be more family friendly it's clearly by people who know and appreciate horror movies so they actually do some like old fashioned Peter Jackson style splat stick gore stuff which I very much appreciate it because you don't see it enough these days and yeah it's just incredibly funny and charming like as, as good as you could possibly imagine a movie described as a Christopher Guest vampire movie this is they fucking killed it and cool. it's a blast and it it will be a cult movie. It's as simple as that. It's just just a matter of it's just a matter of enough people watching it to form a cult. Sounds so good. yeah, I both of those can't recommend enough. They're so delightfully naughty and funny, and exactly the type of stuff I wish I could be coming here to tell you guys about excitedly every week. But I don't. Cool. I normally talk about shit. So fair enough. Go see it and celebrate the fact that there's actually some good stuff worth. Whoa. Yeah. And that's that. That's it. Yeah. We playing anything, it's Wayne? It's actually still not too bad, though. Two out of two. But uh, how often does that happen? Oh yeah, no, great <laughs> week. I was so excited to be yeah. able to come in and talk both of those. Talk about both of those. They're they're fantastic. And I and I like rewatched what we do in the shadows this week. I just watched Kingsman last night. They were both a blast. And I'll probably go see Kingsman again in the theater just because I cool. want to support like R-rated movies, R-rated entertaining movies to get out there. Cool. Yeah. You playing anything, Wayne? Um. Dragon Age. Still, okay. Huh? I, no. Okay. Nothing new. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I could talk about Hyperdimension Neptunio Rebirth One, which yeah. is 
exactly the same as hyperdimension. Yeah, it's like, no, no too. I think we're good. I yeah. think we're good. So we're wrapping right there. Yeah. yeah. So it's like after playing those, I was like, well, I don't have anything else to play. So you know what? I'm just going to go back to Dragon. That's Age, fair. Which is that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I think we'll wrap up right there then, because yeah. that that's a good that's a good place to wrap. I think. Sounds good. Okay. As always, you can follow us on YouTube, on iTunes, on SoundCloud. And you can like us on Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, Mel will come back next week with probably a much more fulfilling intro and extra uh, outro. Uh, from everyone here at CG Magazine, I wish you a great weekend. Tune in next week where we'll be talking about more fun gaming movies and comic things. Have a good weekend. Bye.